You're listening to Nightlight. Hi, and welcome once again to another international edition of Nightlight, broadcasting from the heart of Uganda, East Africa, and connecting with listeners in more than 70 countries of the world. Poet, writer, and raconteur Curtis Peter Van Gorder is back with us on the program to share with us a selection of poems from his second volume of poetry entitled Crazy Waters. These are poems written at various stages of Peter's life, and as interesting and insightful as the poems themselves are Peter's explanations of when and why the poems were written. And as he did in his previous program, Peter's gone to the trouble of adding all kinds of music and sound effects to his readings, which really add a lot of color and make them doubly enjoyable to listen to. And as in the previous show, I'm going to include a few new songs from Jerry Asmus. When I was just 16, I had a bit part in a scene. All the neighbors seemed to be impressed. A picture in a magazine, a quick ride in the limousine. I was on the other side of happiness. When the walls came down Just an empty time At the age of seventeen I had a song and I hit the screen I was so absorbed and self-obsessed We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. 
And our guest once again on Nightlight is Curtis Peter Van Goerde, who's going to share with us a few poems from his second volume of poetry called Crazy Waters. Wow, Peter, just like the first volume, this is just beautifully laid out and illustrated with all kinds of very creative photos. It looks very attractive to want to read these poems. Well, I'd like to give credit here to my editor, Tim Krieg. He's really volunteered his time and he's really made these possible because these have been kind of a dream I've had for so many years. But with his help, we were able to finalize these and make these available. So I'd really like to thank him. Well, there's about 40 poems in this volume, and that's not counting the many short three-line Japanese haiku poems. I know there'll only be time for you to read a small cross-section of the poems on this program, but you don't mind if we send a PDF of Crazy Waters to any of our listeners who request it, right? Yeah, um, anybody likes, they can either write to your uh, station or they can also write to me personally, new to mailbox at yahoo.com. Always glad to share what the Lord's given me. Obviously, Peter, you're still writing poems. How do you go about that? Do you set yourself some kind of quota to write like one poem a week? Or do you have periods where you're writing lots of poems, but then there are other times when you don't write a poem for a while? Yeah, I would say that would be the case. Like I say, like the fax machine, I I guess that's kind of an uh, outdated analogy, but... You know, it just comes in and I'm so, you know, da 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 <laughs> So, you know, it's just coming in and you start, okay. And then as you write that down, you get more, you know. You know, take one step for Jesus, he'll take two for you, so. It's nightlight. What a delight. Well, the first section of Crazy Waters is dedicated to haiku poems. And after reading them, I've become converted. I mean, they're so simple, but so deep. Uh For those who don't know what haiku is, maybe you could explain. Well, um, yeah, I really fell in love with haiku when I was living in Japan. You know, when you're in a country, you experience the culture and the people. And one of the most beautiful things about Japanese culture is their poetry and it was a real discovery for me because it's so condensed you know poetry is already condensed but haiku is super condensed they take it's like a snapshot of nature and they take something in nature and they find a spiritual parallel with it um, I taught English there and some of my students said you know come with us we have this uh, there's an exhibition and uh, there was an exhibition of calligraphy with Japanese haiku when they explained it to me and they would look at it and they would go wow that's so deep you know and so they would really get fed from it so um, I started doing that and I was a teacher there at an international school and I was taking my kids on on a walk we would go on haiku walks and we would look for things in nature where God's speaking to us through different um, things. But what is haiku? Does it have a maximum length or a particular structure? Well, okay, that's um, you have the technical aspect of it. So there's three lines. The first is five, the second is seven, and the third line is five syllables. But of course, there's some poetic license there. But that's the basic uh, format. And usually it has a seasonal word, something about nature in it, and a, a deeper meaning. And, you know, just like some songs are like hits in the West, 
in um, Japan, everybody knows uh, certain haikus. They're like very popular. Like the most popular haiku is uh, an old garden pond. A young green frog jumps in. Splash! Silence again. You, you kind of wonder, okay, who is the frog? Okay, you are the frog. What is the pond? Your pond is your environment where you live. And the splash, you come into the world, you make a splash, and then you're gone. And then another frog comes. So it kind of shows you the transitoriness of life and that, you know, you have a certain role that you play and you have an influence, an impact while you're here. Well, there's a lot of haikus in this opening section of your Crazy Waters anthology. Let's listen now to the few that you selected to read on this show. on the grass. Yesterday's rain is today a glistening gem. Poor man's umbrella. A coat pulled up over my head. Keeps me dry enough. Quake shakes the soul, looking for the high and proud. Will it visit me? Cherry blossoms cause my daughter to lift her hands in praise of this day. I stopped my walk, heeding the cries of a sparrow stranded on a wire fence. your humble pot, orchids burst forth in glory after years of sleeping. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Beautiful. I really love those haikus. Before we move on from haiku, is there anything more you'd like to say about them? Why you selected the ones you did? One thing about haiku is that it's very easy to remember. And it usually doesn't rhyme. Well, it very seldom rhymes. Okay, so diamonds on the grass. 
yesterday's rain is today a glistening gem. So I was walking down early in the morning and it had rained the night before. And so the sun was shining very brightly and the raindrops uh, were giving off a prismatic color. It was very beautiful and they looked like diamonds. So the kind of the spiritual meaning I got it from it was that the application was that, you know, joy uh, comes in the morning. You know, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We have different problems. So there's like the rain. Although in some cultures, rain is considered, like in India, it's considered a blessing. So, but, you know, rain sometimes associated with problems and difficulties. But then the sun comes out and makes that a beautiful experience that we learn from. Peter, when I read them, I was just taking them at their face value that they were just like brief snapshots from nature. I didn't realize that they held a deeper spiritual meaning. Is there a deeper meaning behind each one? Well, I think I'm supposed to say that um, you can take it any way you like. <laughs> but no, yeah, for me, um, yeah, they, they each one had a special spiritual meaning. But, uh, you know, you can just enjoy them for face value as well. Right. Well, I'm going to have to read them all again and look for the deeper meaning in each one. Feeling all right while listening to Nightlight. Okay, after the haiku, the next subsection of poems in Crazy Waters is called From a Backward Flashlight. Teen years and there's 13 poems in this section it's amazing peter that you kept all these poems these many years the one you've chosen to share with us is called wind of war tell us about it all right i have a few poems from my teen years this is before i um i started my missionary life and while i was really searching and of course, you probably know that during this time in the late uh, 60s, early 70s, was a very turbulent time in America with the Vietnam War. And I was a conscientious objector. At the time, being against the war was kind of fringe. Now it's the Vietnam War. There's a different perspective on it after the years, which is kind of interesting. To give you an example, at my church, the preacher gave a sermon called, Are We Building Bigger Barns in Vietnam? He was likening the parable that Jesus told about the rich man trying to expand his territory and so on, was likened to the Vietnam War, and people were really upset, and he lost his job at the church because of that. And so it was really a turbulent time, and it was a time of seeking, and I think God used that time to draw me closer to him and to to really find a purpose in my life. So this poem is about specifically about the Vietnam War and about the draft. You know, the wind of represents the draft, which is sweeping people up. And, you know, uh, most of the young people who were drafted didn't want to, of course. So they were forced to go to war. Poems from Teen Years The Wind of War They hadn't expected the cold north wind to blow through their house yet. But the wind knows when to come. The wind spoke. I come not when young men sleep. 
give them the security of the night. One more night to dream in. But I will come early in the morning when the day's life is like a cow crying to be milked. I am the farmer and they the cow. And I am thirsty for milk. At the dawn of manhood, the wind came greedily, carried their son away to the jungle battle zone. They let it happen because it was expected of them. They let it happen because they didn't want to create a fuss to disorder the order. They let it happen because they needed a watchdog to protect their cardboard houses from hurricanes. They let it happen because they wanted all things to continue as they were. It is what had always been done. They let it happen because they were part of a bigger thing, a gear in the military machine a pebble in the mighty mountain. They just let it happen. It hurt too much to think of him gone. Instead, they thought of the lives he would save, especially theirs. They thought, we made him, so we can let him be destroyed. But the wind loves us. It would not do that to our son. They had told him, It is wrong to resist the wind. Let it pick you up, carry you where it wills. You have no will. Surrender to the wind. He believed them. He trusted them, as the corn trusts the ground that it had thrust its feet in. He thought, Surely the ground that fed and nurtured me knows best. He surrendered and let the wind take him from his home, never to return, except in their dreams. Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. Well, I must say, Peter, the last time you were with us, I really enjoyed the poems about Russians, especially enhanced with the Russian music that you added. In this volume, Crazy Waters, you have another one called Invitation to Mikhail Bulgakov. Who was Mikhail Bulgakov and why did you write a poem about him? Well, um, one of my students is crazy about this book called The Master and Margarita. She gave it to me as a present for my birthday. So I started reading it, and the spirit really started speaking to me. This was written during the time of Stalin, and he's really searching, and there's a whole chapter about Jesus talking to Pontius Pilate, and, the, and he's writing this during the communist time. Of course, this particular book was never published during the Stalin years, though even though it was atheist, it was talking a lot about the devil and about all these spiritual things. Now, she's also an atheist, 
And so I thought to use this as an opportunity to witness to her. I'm still on the second chapter because the the Spirit spoke to me so strongly about it. It was like a loudspeaker. <laughs> so it was like a conversation with the author because, you know, he's telling about, you know, that Jesus never existed and all these things. And I felt like Jesus was talking right back to him. And uh, very interesting about how he died also. I believe he had a conversion experience on his deathbed that is mentioned at the end of the poem. Invitation to Mikhail Bugakov, author of Master and Margarita. Here, Michael, is an invitation. Come, join the celebration. He bids you to the wedding feast. Of course, you'd have to leave the Bolshevik beast. Stalin won't give you papers to leave, but there's no need for you to grieve. Come, meet someone greater than Stalin. What? You're afraid to walk the streets alone? Hold my arm. I'll help you come on home. Come on. Your time won't have been wasted. The finest wine you've ever tasted. Jesus' wine is made from water, it said. Perhaps you should let the dead bury the dead. Come and see if these things be. Not really, Michia. You wouldn't be giving up much. The BB offers beer and minerals and such, but they have neither. Just foamy, warm apricot squash that gives you hiccups. Leave the beast, come to the feast. And how would I liken his new wine? Verily, verily, it is fine. I'm just your sommelier to pour it for you today. But let our wine connoisseur tell you more about this fine wine. <laughs> ah, a kiss of the vine that is principal, superb, and sunny, sparkling, joyous, maddening, striking, and intoxicating, strange but refreshing, warm, potent, remarkably free and excellent, supremely magnificent, abundant and splendid, scented, deep-bloodied, wonderfully flavored, renowned, perfumed, spiced, expensive, priceless, secret, costly, scarlet, fragrant, delicious, luscious, sprightly, delicious, joyous, Strong and generous, rich and lustrous, nutritious, new, ancient and generous, sweetest upthal, theological and sacramental, rich and imperial, strong, cordial, fiery, potential, sweet, immortal, sacred and ceremonial, much hymnal, crimson, purple, medicinal, more ethereal, in a word, superb. So, leave that frothy apricot squash. What, you say? Jesus is Bosch? Did he never even existed? 
that the whole story is twisted? Or so says your well-read editor. To find the truth, just walk through that door. Hey, have him come too. In fact, invite the whole crew. Come, meet the man who never existed. You studied Christology, but never met Christ. That's like reading your book, but never meeting you. Look, Mikhail, you're tired. Your felt shoes are falling apart. You have run all over Moscow, but there are no jobs. It's time for a new start. Maybe it's time to let everything go to the devil. Let's go to the marriage feast to revel. Time to be off. Somewhere not far off. Somewhere better than Kislovodosk. Come and see. Time to be free. Come and taste the new wine. At the marriage feast, come and dine. Taste wine from the water of life. Leave your life rife with strife. The last and the first promises you will never thirst. On his deathbed, Mikhail Bulgakov groped for his wife Yelena's hand. She says, He began to breathe faster, then suddenly opened his eyes very wide and drew a deep breath. <gasps> there was amazement in his eyes. They were filled with an unusual light. And he died. This was at 1639, March 10th. 
rainy day is falling down on me A rainy day is falling down on me I wish I could have you back I wish I could have you back I wish I could have you back for one more day A rainy day is falling down on me Lord, I know you'll help me find my way Hold me closer and wipe my tears away a rainy day is falling down on me A rainy day is falling down on me A rainy day is falling down on me Father, I'm on my knees Today, then the wind blows them away. Nightlight's interview of the week. And our interview this week is with Curtis Peter van Gorder. Second time he's been on the program, introducing this time his second anthology of poems called Crazy Waters. Well, the next poem, Peter, that you narrated for the show today is called Micro to Macro Praise. Tell us about this one. Well, you know, I had a, uh, sometimes I have a dream or something. I wake up in the morning and I heard this like Gregorian chants. Uh, this music and praise him and then um, I was getting about that everything in the creation is so beautiful and so amazingly intricate it's uh, inspired by a psalm where David is saying you know like praise him all you trees and all you mountains and all you know so it's like it was inspired by the psalm I think it's 145. When you read the psalm, you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. So I started to study it more, and the more I got into it, I realized how deep it was. And it was very interesting because a lot of a lot of these things they use they use spiritual terms when they're talking about the microcosm, and there's an order and a beauty from the from the microcosm to the macrocosm. So that's the idea of this one. How beautiful and how everything's order and just praising God through creation. Excerpt from Micro to Macro Praise. 
Canto Two, Immune System. Praise Him, all white corpuscles, for by Him you are imbued with power. Praise Him, all one trillion T cells, for by Him you recognize and destroy abnormal infected cells. Praise Him, all helper Ts, for by Him you orchestrate the action of the other immune defenses. Praise Him, who by you helps other cells destroy infective organisms by signaling them to fight a specific infection. Praise Him, Thymus, for by His power you help certain white cells of the immune system to develop and mature, to play their part in the body's defenses. Praise Him, Thymosine. Interferon, interleukins, thymopoietin, and colony stimulating factors. Praise him who enables you to stimulate the white blood cells to greater effectiveness. Praise him who has made you teachers to promote the process of thymic cell education. Praise him, all you messenger cells. For by him you send and receive messages in the brain immune dialogue. Praise him, all you macrophages, ye big cell eaters, for he has made you scavengers, housekeepers, and the garbage men of our body when you engulf microbes and unwanted products of the body. Praise him who has made you to carry messages and help identify foreign invaders by displaying some of the remains on their surface, which stimulates other white blood cells to action to defend the body against unwanted invaders. Praise him, ye B cell policemen, for he has made you as a military intelligence system to seek out targets and send defenses to lock on to them. Praise him, ye suppressor T cells, for you tell the immune system when to stop attacking, preventing the other white blood cells from becoming overzealous, and stop them from attacking the body's healthy cells. Praise him, all ye T cells, who become memory cells that carry the information of the invaders to the hall of shame. When the body stores the knowledge it has learned from that particular invader so that it can easily defend itself against future attacks. Praise him, all corpuscles big and small, all working in harmony and perfect communication with each other, all yielding to the central command system's will to keep man alive and healthy all the days of his life. I'm curious about the title of this next poem, God Made Plenty Zany. Right, so I was reading a, a poem by an African-American. Sometimes I read something and then it's like I hear a voice or I hear an inspiration and 
kind of a variation on it. Like on the last one I was talking about, you know, I hear Africa singing. You know, I had read the poem, I hear America singing. So this was kind of along the lines of that. I, I had read this poem and I thought, wow, it's amazing when you see these animal documentaries about how weird and amazing creation is. It's just so incredibly zany, crazy, you know, like if you would try to think up some of these things, they were just, you know, it kind of shows you a, a, one of the characteristics of God. God made plenty zany. And the grandson, he oft defers from the humdrum, filling wonder with laughter of all things the grand master. The master drafter and crafter, he loves the weird, the lion's beard, the awesome feared. He shaped tall, he makes small, the striped, the spotted, pup cuddly cute. The red eft newt, grapes gnarled root, fox highly refined, bat and badger blind, sea slug shimmering, deep sea luminescent, jellyfish fluorescent, daily eating ten times their body weight, or consider the blanket octopus's mate. The female weighs 40,000 times more which is more than any man could ask for. Earth's treasures abound, deep down underground, quartz sparkled and marbled, minerals brilliant or darkled. Above the heavens declare and proclaim that no day is exactly the same. One day it can rain frogs or fish or rainbows appear as I wish. He create crazy. He make zany. Creatures winsome and strange like butterfly, phase change, or tropical velvet worm can make some squirm and snares its prey in a very unusual way. With sticky foot long slime it dines at dinner time. Slime squirted from its head tangles prey in its thread. Of frogs, 4,800 species exist, strangely weird and wonderful. Some swallow their babies, then spew them out. Toads from the back of their mother's skin sprout. <laughs> I could go on to the crack of doom. It would not be finished anytime soon. I could recount each and every wonder, but that might be a blunder. For you may tire and lay this poem aside and tell me, go take a ride. But I must mention before I go, of people too, he made not few. Of every race and of creed, variations of one seed, the down and out, the knockout, the washout, the high and lofty, the awfully scrawny, the haughty and the naughty. He loves and loved each one, giving his only begotten son, that they might come to the light and never be afraid of the night.
You're right. It's nightlight. Peter, how about we next include one of your shorter poems? This is a really good one. I'll take him. Right. It's very short and it's very simple. Again, um, this is something I got when I woke up, and it was kind of like a children's uh, poem, almost like, you know, just very simple. No matter, you know, I'm 69 right now, so I'm kind of looking back and all the things that happened have happened to me, and no matter what happens to me, as long as I. Take Jesus, then everything's going to work out. I'll take him. I'll take him when others forget. When I'm deep in debt, I'll take him. When the typhoon blows, when I'm surrounded by foes, when I'm tired and weak, when an answer I seek, when I'm faced with choice, when I can't hear the voice, I'll take him. When I'm alone, when I roam. When in despair, when in disrepair, when I dare not dare, when I cannot bear, when I am afraid, when it's not made, I'll take Jesus. is always on with nightlight. Um, I'm sometimes I feel like I'm a fax machine, and you just start getting things coming in. You know, it starts coming in. You get a line, and this comes with practice too. Just want to encourage your listeners. You know, and sometimes you might just get a line or one bit, and if you write that down, it starts coming more and more. So it was just like again personification. Like if I could talk to my doubts, you know, if my doubts were sitting in the room and I would just talk to them and just rebuke them, <laughs> you know, not to be doubting, but to have faith. Impossible is a four-letter word. On one dark and stormy night, Impossible spoke. Give up the fight. Don't walk by faith. Walk by sight. Keep your eyes on the scene. Don't dream of the unseen. Tie up your ship in port. Don't attack. Stay in your fort. Don't even try. It can't be done. You've lost before you've begun. His crafty excuses made me so mad. I shouted back with all that I had. Don't give me that crap. I won't fall for your trap. Impossible. You don't exist. You are just a dark, choking mist, an ugly monster, a hideous imposter. You are more than a word, but a dream-stabbing sword. Impossible. You are a vicious cycle. A deadly, downward spiraling circle, religion of doubters, tailor-made for quitters, found only in the fool's dictionary. Scary, scary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? 
with weed seeds. You're an imposter posing as a safety inspector. You're the creed of fools in a land where caution rules. A sore that festers, a fly that pesters, a deadly poison, a dark, dank prison, a scourge to mankind. Your purpose is to bind. The moron's motto, the idiot's credo, the simpleton's chant, I can't, I can't, I can't. Zombie, tuneless soul's tread to dwell among the dead. You're an imp, poppy my balloon, the cow that never jumped over the moon. Modus operandi for losers, the theme song of quitters. You're in the business of shattering dreams, draining our means. A thief in the night stealing our chivalry, zapping our bravery. A cackling, ugly, fat witch. A wicked son of a bitch. A slobbering, whimpering snitch. You break our noble aspirations. Shoot down our highest inspiration. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to believe. Try and do. It's dawn. Be gone. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, I must say, Peter, there's a great variety of different kinds and styles of poetry in Crazy Waters. And there's even a nice little section of love poems. I guess these must be to your dear wife, Esther, right? Most of them to my wife. And then also I wrote some for like at a marriage for um, a couple, you know, that they could read to each other. Again, expressing emotions and feelings and... You know, this is a very deep part of our life, so I wanted to, you know, and everybody loves it. It's a coming up Valentine's Day, so um, that's a good uh, time to write a poem, a love poem, to the one you love. Constant Lover Joy upon it! We have loved these 26 years together, and I'm like to love thee more through storm and fair weather. Through thick and thin and sometimes it was very thin. Time shall molt away its wings ere it discover, and the whole wide world again, such a constant lover. Know this, had I never seen your face, here in my heart would be an empty place. To Hearts One Ebb and flow, flow and ebb Two lives flow, know and blow Sow and hoe, grow and go In harmony and melody Two lives intertwined Left the old behind Many years wait, not too late Divine plan Dedicated man, committed woman, divine spark, 
fanned into flame, flame into heat, heat into heart. Two hearts start to beat as one, and pain and fun and victory as one become one. You are my flip, you are my flip, I'm your flop, for you my loving can never stop. I was a flop when I was there, now I'm flipped on you and I truly care. Flip on me, I'm your one and only flop, when you're in me honey you really tops, my loving never stops. Flip down on me, together forever we will be, so take a little tip, be mine, be my flip. And now, I'll end with a dot, sign my love forever, yours, Flop. My love, she's like a rose, I know she knows about my love. Speaking without a word, have you heard about my love? Peter, we're running out of time if we want to keep this show under an hour, and there's still four longer poems that you prepared, and I think we'll just have to pick one of them to close the show. So 
Let's go with the title poem, Crazy Waters. In the book, you give a detailed account of the story behind this poem. And remember, listeners, Peter will send you a free PDF copy of Crazy Waters to anyone who requests it. But maybe you could give a brief explanation of the story in the poem by way of introduction. Right. Well, first of all, the inspiration for this, and um, this might be something that you could apply in your lives too. Uh, we went to a museum. It was a Dr. Pepper museum uh, in Texas. They have the soft drink museum. And there was something on the in the museum. It's called Crazy. There was a, a label, and it said Crazy Water. And kind of like the spirit spoke to me. There's a story here. You know, like sometimes you can be like a detective and you feel like there's a story. So I I just thought about that and it kept coming to me. And this is several years ago that I got this. But then I just decided recently to go investigate a little bit more because I felt this like leading of the spirit. And I found out this incredible story about how they, this family, pioneers, and how they discovered this mineral waters and they called it crazy water and all the things that happened to them so then there's a spiritual application about you know the water of life and how you know mineral waters might help you physically some ways but uh, the water of life from Jesus is eternal and can give you heavenly perspective and everlasting life Crazy Water Set out in 1877 Under a clear sky and starry heaven Crossing the desert of transgression Fleeing from an economic depression Heading out west on the long walk With nine kids and fifty head livestock Till we came to the river Tehen On our journey in search of Eden it was Christmas Eve when joy turned to grief because one of our oxen keeled over. Reckoned it was time for a stopover. Then another ox got hit by a lightning bolt which knocked it clean dead with a billion volts. Figured it must have been a sign, a part of the plan of the grand design. Surely this was the place to settle down place to build ourselves a right fine town. So bought 80 acres tucked in the hills for the price of 240 bills. Just one problemo, mi amigo. Nothing grows without water. Without it, nothing else matters. Got thirsty as hell without her own well. Hauling water four miles every day. I'd say taint the way to spend your day. Oh, we tried to dig on our own. Just couldn't dig deep down. The earth for our digging was just too tough. There are times trying hard just ain't enough. Then one day, Johnny Adams moseyed by. As he was a driller, gave it a try. We traded our yoke of oxen for his skill. He set to work, and a well began to fill. Ah, 
Out of the ground came a bubbling brew with a color and taste no one knew. The water that came flowing out tastes mighty queer, there is no doubt. And bimed it regularly anyway, we reckoned we'll all die one day. Learn to drink what the good Lord had supplied. Our thirst would be slaked, would not be denied. Then to our surprise, wonder of wonders, we discovered its curative powers. Ma and I were both frail and gaunt, but as we continued to drink from this font, our chronic rheumatism disappeared. New energy and strength was revealed. There was seen a new spring in our step, full of gusto, zest, vigor, and pep. Word spread like wildfire. News went out on the wire. Folks came from miles to give it a try. Were mighty eager, a sample to buy. Sold the elixir at five cents a quart. Demand was so darn high, we soon run short. An old lady who was dementia ill availed people to draw her out of pail. And drank and drank her fill till she got cured and became well. And well, that's how we got the name Crazy Well. Billy Wiggins was a mighty sick man. He was told by every medicine man, You're so sick, your death is surely at hand. There's no remedy in all this land. Just prepare your journey to the beyond. Bill refused, and this is how we'd respond. I'll go on a crazy water drinking binge. Doctors thought he was truly unhinged. But Billy lived to be 97 before he was sent on to heaven. Outlived his doctors by many a year, lived a life full of good cheer. These crazy waters were salubrious, full of fine minerals and nutrients. Then news in the papers appeared. Crazy water, you're sure to relieve or cure dyspepsia, neuralgia, scrofulia, amnesia, improprieties of the blood. Helps your cow chew its cud, relieves soreness of the eyes, and also makes you wise. Well, I have to be straight. We did exaggerate. Made soaps, creams, crystals, liniments. Sold millions and got fine compliments. A town grew, I fear, till a hundred watering holes did appear with a hundred fifty thousand visitors a year. But our good fortune turned when some of the hotels burned. Sure, we tried rebuilding, but people stopped coming. The economy took a hit, and our cure no longer fit. Reckoned was about time to quit. Figured the end was nigh. Time to give something better a try. Ah, the water of life that never runs dry. Just happened to the source. That's Jesus Christ, of course. He gives the true life-given water to every son and every daughter. It flows out from the heavenly throne. It's a mystery that can be known. Gives eternal life, ends all wars and strife. You'll escape death's claw and cure what ails ya forever.
Well, thank you so much, Curtis Peter Van Gorder, for being with us once again on Nightlight and all the work you put into reading and producing those poems. We'll be praying that the Lord gives you a lot more, and especially as we enter into these crazy days of the end time, that the Lord will give you poetic insights into what's going on. Well, right. That's I think that's the um, the heavenly perspective, you know, and seeing it from uh, like a spiritual dimension. My initial reaction might be a certain way, but then as you pray about it more, then he starts giving you like a deeper insight. And that's what I like to share with people. Thanks once again, Peter, and greetings to your dear wife, Esther. And we look forward to the next time. Well, thank you very much. God bless you all. I just want to claim that diverse for all of you that uh, my heart is the pen of a ready writer. So you can all be ready because he has something to give you to share with others. God bless you. Bye.